listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. Good, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And that word for thanks means praise. It is a good thing. Amen? So, Lord, we give you praise today. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. We lift you high. Lord, you are enthroned above the heavens. And, Lord, we thank you for the progress we see. The walls are going up. We prayed, and it's happening, Lord. We thank you for the answers to prayer represented in this room. And Lord, we praise you in advance for answering those prayers that we are still bringing before you. So we give you thanks and praise, and we honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I am going to briefly this morning give you the rest of last week's message. So we're carrying the missions theme a little bit forward, which is fine. Is everybody okay with that? All right. So there was a third question. If you looked at your discussion questions that come out every Wednesday, third question about missions in the book of Acts. How does missions in the book of Acts compare to missions today? Now, that question really had to do with what we're sharing today, so if you answered it, congratulations. You read your Bible. I'm always delighted when I hear people read their Bible. It's very important. And so, the book of Acts is very exciting. As we remember today, Jesus' death, his burial, his sacrifice, his new covenant he made with us. Isn't that awesome that we have a new covenant? that gives us life, and it partners up with the Almighty. We are partners with Almighty God. He's taken us into his family, and we all have all the rights and privileges of his children. That's powerful, guys. That's powerful. And and communion reminds us of that. But beyond that, he's a resurrected Lord. Amen? He lives forever. It says in the book of Revelation, he's alive forevermore. And so he spent those few days on earth, and he was ascended into heaven, and on his way up, he gave the disciples a command, a commission, and he gives them a promise. And this is the day and age we are living in Right now, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world, the end of the earth. Anybody know where Jerusalem is? 
in Israel. Okay, that's where he was, he was speaking near there. He said, you're going to take this message. You're going to be my witnesses. What does a witness do? They talk about what they've seen. Today we heard what people have seen of what God has done in their lives. Each of us who are born-again believers, we have a testimony. What has God done for you? We heard Mike's testimony in Mexico. God has done so much for this man. So much. And he's grateful every day of his life. I never talk to Mike except that he is giving God praise for today, for life, for breath. That he woke up breathing. That's something to praise God for. Yes? All of us have a testimony. What has Jesus done for you? We need to remember that, and we need to share that. That's what a missionary does. They share the good news. This is good news, y'all. Good news. God is alive. God is on the move. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gives us eternal life, and this gift is available to all people everywhere, not just a select few. You don't have to be born Jewish to be saved. You don't have to follow a big, long list of rules from Exodus through Deuteronomy to be saved. Jesus did it all. This is good news, guys. Amen. I'm glad someone amen that because it is so, so good. So Jesus gives them a little promise. It's like, I've got to go, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Get ready. Stay put. Something good is going to happen to you. Get ready. Wait for it. It's basically what he said. Wait for it. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited. But while they were waiting, it says they were in unity. They were together in a physical location, and they were together in their hearts, and they were together spiritually. And in Acts 2, we see the fulfillment of the promise. When the day of Pentecost arrived, this was a Jewish feast, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. The Holy Spirit came suddenly. They were waiting, and the Holy Spirit showed up. And that seems to be the way it goes. We are waiting. We're either in a place of waiting and trusting and believing and obeying. The waiting was in obedience. And then the suddenly came. The suddenly. And suddenly, the walls went up. Suddenly. Suddenly, our sister got her healing. Suddenly, 
There's the waiting and there are the suddenlies. Where are we? A lot of us have been waiting for this and waiting for that. Get ready. The suddenly is coming. And what was the suddenly? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in languages they had never learned. And they were literally thrust out onto the streets. And they were praising God in the languages of the people all around them. People were gathered for this Jewish feast from around the world. And they heard them glorifying God in their own languages. This was a sign. This was a wonder. And this is how the church was born. It was born with a miracle. And if you read through the book of Acts, you will see that God continued to birth the church with signs and wonders and miracles throughout the entire book. And Acts never really ended. I'm just telling you, we are there. We are there. It says in the second chapter when Peter gets up to preach, and you know that Peter has changed. He is now speaking under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he's no longer Mr. Foot in Mouth. He has yielded his tongue to the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I need to yield my tongue to the Holy Spirit and speak things that will encourage and build up and edify. And that's what the Holy Spirit does through his signs and wonders and miracles. And so Peter says, this is what was spoken of in the book of Joel, where it says, in the latter days, I will pour out my spirit, not my coffee, <laughs> upon all flesh. That would be everybody. You got flesh today? Okay. Well, there's even hope for dry bones. We looked at that a, a few weeks ago. We're in those days, guys. And I believe we're, if they were in the latter days 2,000 years ago, we are so close right now. Jesus is coming back. Things are accelerating day by day by day. They are accelerating. They were accelerated when the world shut down for COVID. Things are moving into place. God is in control. Yes, the enemy's moving, but it's a chess game. And God is the grandmaster chess. He, he, all those pieces, they're his. He made them. He One day Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back for a downtrodden, barely looking up, oh me, oh my. A glorious church, a beautiful bride. We are preparing ourselves for his return. How are we going to do that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Skip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Or just look at your screen. My message and my preaching. This is Paul telling the church in Corinth. He has established a church here. This is one of those uttermost parts of the earth, actually. Okay, you have Jerusalem. And you have what we call Turkey now. That was called Asia. And then you had 
Macedonia and Greece, and then Rome was further out. And so Paul has been traveling. He has been establishing churches. How did he do it? My message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom. Now you got to know. you got to know this is not an excuse for Paul. He could do it. He could lay it on. He was one of the most well-spoken, trained debaters. Highly educated. A Pharisee of Pharisees. If he wanted to. He could decimate his opponent. <laughs> he didn't come to persuade intellectually, even though he could. And it's not a bad thing. We need to know what we believe. We need to be able to articulate what we believe. We need to read the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. Someone has a question, we should be able to answer it through the Word of God, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So this is not a cop-out. You've got to put it in perspective and in context. He says, they were not, my preaching was not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith would not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Wow. I'd like to have seen what happened in those meetings, right? I mean, we know that unusual miracles happened. We know that God displayed his power through the apostles, through Peter and John and the lame man and walking and leaping and praising God. The shadow of Peter, someone could get healed in the shadow. Wow. The power of God was strong. The power of God is still strong. God is able to do above and beyond. He did not turn off the miracle switch. I guess they'll be okay now. They don't need that anymore. We need it. We need the power of God. We need the power of God and the truth of God. One without the other is not a good thing. Right? It's got to be in balance. Okay, so Paul comes in and establishes the church. Now, if you read in the book of Acts, he goes to Athens, like the capital of all philosophy, and he does try reasoning with the Greeks, and it sounds very good, and he appeals to them and all. Few of them listened. I think he reconsidered. I don't know. I wasn't inside his head, but he gets to Corinth, and suddenly it's all about the power of God. You see, this generation that we're living in right now is closer to what Paul dealt with in his day and age. Because we have a lot of philosophy now. We have a lot of paganism now. We have people believing whatever they want to believe. You be you, and I'll be me. And a lot of folks, we're just haters to them. This generation, 
They need to see the reality of the love of God demonstrated in the power of God is what, that's what I believe. Because we are in a post-Christian era. When Billy Graham hit the scene in the 50s, America was still pretty much a moral nation. Biblical values. President Eisenhower. He was a good friend of Billy Graham. That, that's when they put in God we trust on the coins. That's when we put one nation under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. You see, it, things were moving in a certain direction. But then the 60s came along. The 70s, the 80s, the 90s. We've got a generation that doesn't know who God is. They need the reality, they need the truth, they need the wisdom of who God is. And they need to experience the power of God. Now, how are they going to do that? You will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes. Do we have the Holy Spirit? If we don't, we can ask. It's a promise. It's a promise. We need the Holy Spirit daily operating in our lives. Ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. Luke 11 tells us. That if we ask for the Holy Spirit, our Father's a good Father. And he knows how to give good gifts. And he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. He's not going to give us a counterfeit if we ask with all sincerity. The enemy would love to tell us that, oh, don't go for that stuff. I saw that stuff. It got kind of weird. You know when it gets weird? When people get involved. <laughs> We, we're basically all weird, and we're going to put some twist on it. And the extremes get all the attention. This is just what happens. So let's not throw it all out just because we had a weird uncle or that church down the road. They were, yeah, and then the pastor, and then, well, and people get divisive over that. And they get proud, prideful. Well, I've got the... Did you understand that? <laughs> Time for another drink. If we have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, we are qualified as a missionary. Preach the message and let God's power flow. How do I do that? Okay, I've got four simple steps. Anytime anyone tells you they have four simple steps, it's usually a little more complicated. I'm trying to break it down for you. Number one, be open. Be open. Could God possibly surprise you? 
Could God possibly do something that you don't have a definition for? Have you read the Bible? There is some weird stuff in the Bible. Jesus did some very strange things. Well, that was Jesus. Well, we're the body of Christ. Just because it doesn't compute with me doesn't mean God can't do it. I've seen things happen that I'm like, I don't know about that. And God pretty much says, you don't have to know about that. Can you trust me, even though you don't understand me? Well, we all do, right? Do we understand how God saved us? Do we understand how he redeemed us? Do we understand how he created the world? Basically, the book of Job, Job's trying to figure out what's going on in his life, and he doesn't know anything of what's going on because something's happened in the heavenlies between God and Satan and his friends are making all kinds of judgments. Well, Job, it's this, this, that, and the other thing. Job is one of the oldest, absolute oldest writings that we have. And it's just the same now. When something happens in somebody's life, we all want to pigeonhole it and define it and say this, this, that, and the other thing. Well, we don't have a clue what's really going on, and I think we have to admit that. But God does know. As the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your way. And as soon as we have God figured out, <laughs> he does something else. And sometimes in this life, he lets us in on what he's doing. And sometimes he just says, trust me. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in that chariot with Philip? Deacon. He was a deacon. He didn't have any letters after his name that we know of. He witnesses to this guy from Ethiopia. He There's some water. Let's get baptized. I just love it. And then he's gone transported. I've prayed to be transported. It just hasn't happened. There's some times I just needed to be out of there. God's ways are mysterious. You know, in the Jewish faith, they can embrace mystery and be cool with it because God is God. Our Western minds want to figure everything out. You will never have it all figured out. So just embrace it. We have to ask with each revival, with each new work of God. Was that really God? Well, years later, you can look at the fruit of it. While it's going on, chances are established religion will reject it. Most of us know examples. I'm not going to go through all of them. At Azusa Street, a lot of people had a hard time that God would use a man of color to bring revival, and it caused a split. How ridiculous. But that was a big deal back then. And on and on and on. God does whatever God's going to do, and he is wiser than all of us. So just be open.
I don't know why stuff happens sometimes. Man, I'm talking about being open to however God chooses to move. Amen. All right. Two, be available. It's not just for somebody else. It's for you. This promise is for you, Peter said. Everyone that believes, your children, your children's children, to as many as they're called. He says that. This promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, and he meant y'all. Be available. It's not just for the guy with the microphone. Hello. Now, that's not really a problem here because all you are called, you're all commissioned. You all share testimonies with me all the time. This is what God did. Praise God. Praise God. In Mexico, it was the whole team. It wasn't the adult service and the children's service. Man, God moved by the Holy Spirit wherever we went. Be available. You are called. You are chosen. Wish I had my chosen t-shirt on. It says chosen. You were chosen by God to be his witness. And his Holy Spirit is available for you. Just put your name on that. It's not just Arlen Meyer. Well, he was a missionary for 30 years in the Netherlands. Well, that's awesome. God can use Arlen. He can use all of us, right? He's got a testimony. He's a witness. I mean, he'll tell you, give you, get, give you half, a, half a second and a cup of coffee, and he'll be happy to tell you. He's not ashamed of what God's done in his life. Praise God. Be available. All right, three, be humble. Philippians 2, let this attitude which was on Jesus Christ also be on you. He was God, but he did not strut around as if he was God Almighty. We're here to serve. His gifts are not to elevate us. They're to glorify God. All of us have some sort of deficit Approval, performance, but God gives us gifts so we can serve to build up and encourage and proclaim his name, not proclaim our name. Be humble. And number four, I put be attentive, but Yes, we need to be sensitive. That's about being sensitive. But I like this better. I changed it. And I didn't have time to tell Landon. He hates last-minute changes anyway. So <laughs> be expectant. Expect God to move. It's not if, it's when. <laughs> Expect that God can use you. Expect that if God says it in his word, that he will do it. Expect a miracle. I think they put that on a coffee cup once. Expect a miracle. 
It's not if. It's when. Expect. Be expectant. When you come to church, expect God to meet with you. Expect God to meet with other people. Have an expectation of him. Be expectant. Yeah? All right. Well, thank you. You've been most attentive today. I appreciate that. You know, we're all missionaries, guys. We're all missionaries. We've said it many times. We can give, we can pray, we can go. And we can go for a day, we can go for an hour sometimes. Yeah? You can wear a t-shirt that says, Jesus Christ will change your life. That's a missionary t-shirt. David wore his to work and he got a response. You know, people are wearing all kinds of messages right now. Might as well see a good message. Right? But if you're going to declare it on your bumper or on your T-shirt, be ready to back it up, okay? All right. You will be my witnesses, says the Lord. Yes. So stand up with me. Alex. Thank you. He didn't want to sit down today, so we're just going to let him come back up. He's always ready. Always ready. Hallelujah. Let's just wait on the Holy Spirit. We don't want to just talk about the power. <laughs> yeah, that's okay when we're in Mexico, but what about here? Well, what about here? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We thank you that you're already here. We have sung this morning, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And we mean it. We mean it. This place, the lighthouse, is your home, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power that you sent on the day of Pentecost. We thank you that you are still sending that power. We thank you for the revivals and the moves of God that have happened throughout history. And we declare right now in this place that we are in a move of God. There will be a suddenly. We will see blind eyes open. We will hear the cries of the mute. We will see lame legs walking and dancing. We will see the oppressed be free. We will rejoice with those who receive answers to prayer that they've been waiting on for years. We declare this is a house of revival. We declare your glory fills this place. And it's not for someday, it's for today. So God, we just yield to you right now. We yield to you. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Let us be your witnesses here and wherever we go. In Jesus' name.